0: Welcome in, everybody, to the latest OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Jake Burns. It's your Friday, December 9th episode. That means on a Friday, we're getting with John Colosimo to talk about some AFC North football, perhaps some other topics as we do. Welcoming in, John, to the show. John, what's up, brother? How are you? How's life? Hey, man.
1: It's life on the brink here, where uh, tomorrow's the due date for the baby, so uh, all week I've been working from home and waiting for the bomb to drop here, so
0: bomb to drop listen you guys are uh you're up against it we said last week's episode that if we got with you it probably meant you haven't had it yet so i don't know if we'll get with john next friday maybe he'll even he'll need to carve out a few minutes maybe he'll need to step out and do a pod for a few minutes at that point but uh you know we're here he's he's here everybody's healthy for now and uh the big moment hasn't arrived but we're pulling for you man and uh you know i'm 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 empathetic and excited all at once for you as you know this is uh such a process. It's such a process. So um, we will check in with John when we can uh, in the coming weeks. But for now, we're going to take advantage of his time. Cool. We start with the what we've been watching angle that we always do, John. And I, I have one question. We don't have anything necessarily new to talk about, but my general question here is: is is Avatar? I feel like they're being pretty brazen. Thirteen years apart from the first movie, which I liked in two thousand nine. It was a spectacle. Uh, theaters weren't really equipped for it the way they needed to be quite yet not many of them were at least but it was awesome when you got to see it now it's a pretty common IMAX XD theater type thing and I just um, I think that they have I, I guess my question is I'll throw it to you instead of me answering my own question which I have a bad habit of doing are you like how brazen is this of them to be like ah people will just be into it 13 years later no problem are you at all remotely interested in this or Is it just going to be a niche thing that doesn't make enough money to justify what they spent to do another one of these things?
1: Well, I mean, I think that they have stated that it would take an astronomical number just to break even on this thing. So that's brazen in and of itself. Um, But I didn't get to go see the first one in theaters. I saw it on, you know, later on. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, There's some, you know, obviously you know, I don't know if I would say problematic, but you know, they, there's definitely some things in there that um, some tropes, I don't know. And uh, so I don't know how they're, you know, how they're going to do a sequel that's interesting, you know, besides like replay the same story, you know? So that that would be my first thought. It's like, and that's what has been my thought since I heard it was coming out and that kind of stuff is like, are you just going to rerun the same story twice you know, in maybe a, a slightly different setting in the water instead of the air. Um, so, uh, but am I interested? Uh, I mean, I haven't been out to a theater in a while and this would be a theater type movie. So uh, I I could be interested. The the difference is I don't get my weekly, you know, or excuse me, my bi-weekly trips, uh, bi-monthly trips to Kansas City where I would go and watch movies by myself. So I don't know that I'll have the opportunity And if I don't get the opportunity to see it in theaters, it'll probably be a while before I do see it. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't say I'm totally uninterested, but I I think they have a large hill to climb. That's all.
0: I think it's the boldest thing to think you can bring this back. And like James Cameron's talking about doing like five or six of these things. So it's like, (laughs) OK. Yeah, man. Um, To your point, it does not take much to convince me to go to a movie theater. There's not much like it to me, man. I really love a soda, some popcorn and a movie. So I will probably end up doing that uh, adventure. But I just I just can't kind of can't believe that they they're pulling like a we we're Star Wars kind of thing here (laughs) with a separation of that far between. Uh, between an episode or whatever you want to call this uh, endeavor they're doing but i am open to it i did enjoy the first one i I thought it was a good standalone film i did not expect them to keep it going it does seem like some of the the characters from the first one are back and the humans are doing the the same moronic things um uh, to the indigenous people right that the tropes you're talking about so uh we will see i'll check back in with an answer comes out on the 16th uh we'll see i might try to see it next weekend and and come back and give everybody the full scoop about a movie i'm sure they're dying to hear about let's shift off of avatar island uh they call pandora uh, i think is the home of the uh the uh the Na- navi people see look at this dude look at the look at the depth of information i have on this movie uh, <laughs> You know. anyway we're moving away i just embarrassed myself uh we will move into uh, what happened with Watson? I think I've given everybody who's come on the pod this week a chance to talk about where they sit. You know, having consumed your first Deshaun Watson Cleveland Browns uniform football, how are you feeling about him moving forward? Uh, has your is your opinion shifted? Your uh, expectation shifted? Where are you at? Uh, follow kind of leading now. We're a couple of days out from the trip to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I n- no. I mean, I, I saw. Yeah, I know he didn't play that well but I saw uh, plenty of glimpses of like, oh, that's something we didn't have before. That's something special. Those couple of things, just, you know, probably three, four times. And that's all I really needed to see. I don't care they put a few in the dirt, you know, uh, more than a few. Uh, That stuff isn't something that I expect quarterbacks just forgot how to play quarterback. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I don't know if it'll be a week. I don't know if it'll be the rest of the season, whatever the case, but like his, the accuracy issues and some of the pressure issues, I just, I don't, I don't really care about it. You know, like there's, we have enough priors to know that that's not really a thing and that will go away. Uh, So to me, I, you know, I just didn't, uh, I didn't react to it. Like a lot of people I saw on my timeline,
0: Yeah, the reactions were spicy. Uh, They continue to be on mainstream radio. I don't think that's going to... The one thing Watson will do is elicit strong reactions on both sides of the spectrum, and we will try to bring balance to some of those opinions here on how he played and the outlook and all of that stuff as we go. So, listen, we're going to take our first break of the episode real quick, hear from our sponsors, and then we will check back in and do the Around the AFC North, as we always do. We'll be right back. Hey guys, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR, very simple, just OBR, Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real-money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: All right, so well-documented listeners of this show, me and you have been doing these, John, for a couple years on Fridays now. I think we just are wrong about the Bengals. I don't know if my perception of Cincinnati is so skewed because the Browns are 4-0 with Kevin against them. Um, uh, They seem to be a very average team when they get together with Cleveland, and they have dominated them, for lack of a better way to put it, for a while now, having lost only one since the start of 2019. So they are they beat they beat the Chiefs which you and I thought that was going to end up being a blowout but I I think that I think that my perception of the Bengals is driven largely by how I consume them most often which is against Cleveland and with the way the Browns play other teams in their 5 and 7 record and you know the frustrations of last year you just presume that that's not a very good football team but they are they continue to win games they they outside of week 8 since week six you take out the week eight game against the browns they have um they have continued to just get better and better and that was such an impressive showing against kc and i'm just here to tell uh fans of the Bengals or whoever you are or if you're a follower that listens to this pod i I don't believe you do but if you do like i'm sorry i just got the team wrong i think they're they're pretty dang good john they're good and it smells like they're gonna win this division
1: yeah, I, you know, I was feeling pretty good about my prediction of Baltimore winning the division up until these latest injuries, which we'll get into later. But um, yeah, Baltimore, or excuse me, um, Cincinnati really has gotten better by the week. And, you know, my I, my opinion has been colored by, you know, um, still lingering opinions about uh, their coach who I, I still don't know 100% is actually good. You know, I, the defensive side, they, they've really put some things together and done great things. Um, but there's no denying after that last game that this is a legit team and they are absolutely right back, which is, you know, which is rare for a Super Bowl loser. So we should point that out too. You know, there were a lot of uh, things to point to here and, they seem to be defying most of those right now. And they just have no fear of KC, uh, just zero fear of them. And, you know, you could say uh, coming into this year and going into this week or last week that, you know, that last one could have been a fluke. You know, you had the, maybe the worst half of football in Mahomes' career um, in the second half of the Cincinnati game. Um, so there was reasons to think that that was a fluke. And I think that there's no reason to think that right now. So yeah, I got it wrong. We got
0: it wrong. So maybe that we're, we're putting a reverse jinx on Cincy going into this weekend. We'll talk more about them in just a minute. Uh, Baltimore last year lost the la I mean, Lamar got uh, hurt in some capacity last year. I cannot remember what he was out for, but he was out for five games. Baltimore is in a weird spot. They are also eight and four having a miracle come from behind win uh, against Denver, uh, but they seem to be going down the path of multiple weeks without Lamar and especially including playing Pittsburgh, who will probably present Tyler uh, Huntley who, who, what is his name? It's Tyler Huntley, right? There's Brett Huntley yeah. that they signed and they have Tyler Huntley. Um, Who's fine, but he's certainly not Lamar. And, it seems like their, their fate is headed down the same path where they start out strong, get to the middle of the year, look at the vision front runners, and then this happens. And again, not trying to do anything to the reputation of Lamar, but this is two years where the, the run stuff, the mobility, he's gotten hurt, right? And um, it's, it matters now. It's a borderline Uh, You're starting to think it's a trend. I think Lamar's uber talented. I would love Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback of my football team. I'm not trying to to knock him, but this is the the angle that people talk about with injuries and stuff, and they're going in. So it smells like they might be on the path to a similar fate as last year. The schedule's pretty easy toward the end of the year, but you can see this looking pretty similar to last year. Am I right about that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, (laughs) I can't believe they pulled it out last week but um, that is how that team does it. But we know the state of that offense as it, you know, just for the whole year, uh, injuries haven't helped. Um, They've made it worse. And so it's hard to imagine them having at all an easy road to uh, getting the wins that you would have expected with a healthy Lamar. So um, I don't know it'll be enough to finish under the Browns. It would be a big deal if they did though. It presents an angle for the Browns to get to the playoffs that was not there previously. Yeah,
0: it do, it does present an angle. The Browns would need to uh, as obviously as we can say it win this weekend and then have a chance with with Baltimore coming to Cleveland uh, without Lamar, which seems pretty possible, right? Um uh, they would yeah. have a chance to kind of creep back into things. So they would need to get to 7 and 7 and uh, you know we need to see uh, Baltimore push to an eight and six and then we see where it goes from there Um uh, last team is Pittsburgh so you're looking at Pittsburgh that is a team that's five and seven has a real chance to go to six and seven with Baltimore being beat up this week like I just still think Pittsburgh is is they got a lot of pride there's the the continued I don't know what there's not been a losing season in Mike Tomlin's career and they want to win, which, you know, shout out, kudos. That's great. But to me, they are a team that should be trying to get top picks and drafts. And I get it. It's a fine line between trying to lose games and win. And that franchise tries to pride itself on not doing those sorts of things. Again, like I get it, but it does feel like every time Pittsburgh wins, I just kind of sheepishly smile to myself because these wins mean nothing. I still don't think this quarterback is ever going to take them to a place that matters. And um, I'm just kind of enjoying sitting back and watching Pittsburgh trick themselves into believing.
1: Hey, as long as we can keep them on Kenny, uh, the better for everybody. So, you know, we've talked about it in the past. We had to wait probably a full year, maybe even two before uh, Pittsburgh kind of fell down to earth in the, in the right way. Um, but uh, I, I can see a nice little stint of quarterback hell coming and uh, that makes me smile. Yeah, even if they're at the top, do you think they would have taken another quarterback? Do you think and I mean like
0: they're if they're in the mid rounds, uh, sorry, middle of the first round, there's going to be some guys there, perhaps even some project types that, that that like an Anthony Richardson. Do you think they would do that? Like where should they sit with Kenny Pickett? I mean, I don't I don't follow enough Pittsburgh people to know all the time. Uh, you know, looking at Kenny Pickett's just his line this year, he's got four touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year. So I don't, I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. Do you, do you get a vibe? Would you, if you were them, you would take another quarterback or I would, I would continue to try to solve it. I don't think, I don't think Kenny Pickett presents much of a long-term answer, but that's just me. I, I could be looking at this with uh, Arizona Cardinals type glasses here.
1: No, I mean, I, they shouldn't have ever, you know, taken them in the first place, you know, but that once they did, I was convinced that there was almost no scenario in which they would take A quarterback. I still firmly believe that being the type of organization that they are, that if they had, say, the number two pick and they could get one of the two top quarterbacks in this draft, which are looking very solid to me, um, I I think they would have traded it or taken some, or taken, uh, you know, the best defensive player or something like that. I just, you know, I just have never believed for a second once they took Kenny Pickett that quarterback was on the menu this year and I could get proven totally wrong by that, but I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think they were ever going to take a quarterback. And so, you know, um, the worse a pick that they can get, you know, in terms of lower in the first round, I mean, the better for us, because it just, you know, reduces the type of player that they were going to get at some other position. So um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think that the Arizona Cardinals, are the only team in the, you know, it wasn't possible back in before the salary cap, right? Like when you had to sign these guys to massive veteran type deals, yeah it was never feasible to take first round quarterbacks back to back years, you know. Uh, but since the, uh, the salary cap has been in place uh, or the rookie cap has been in place, um, I think the Arizona Cardinals are the only team that has ever done that. And I don't think any other team has drafted back-to-back first-round quarterbacks. It's, it's not done. It's been talked about. Like PFF has talked about, like the the wisdom of possibly doing that if if you're not certain. But I don't think anybody's done it except for Arizona, and they did it under weird circumstances where you had to switch in, you know, uh, in front office and management. You know, so there were things that were in play there that aren't in play for Pittsburgh, even. So, yeah, I just I just don't think it was ever in the cards. And that makes me smile because um, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going anywhere.
0: I don't either. I have no evidence of the contrary with that. And again, like I I, anytime Pittsburgh continues to slide down the draft rankings and they don't have long term answers at that position, that makes me happy. So we're going to take our last break. We're going to come back and talk about how the Browns uh, go into Cincinnati and get the job done. We'll be right back. So the stigma's out there, right? The Browns sort of own the Bengals since the start of 19 where they have one loss. You know, Kevin's never lost to them. Joe's never beat the Browns. Do you think this is all just happenstance? It's just sort of a fluky thing? Or do you think there's something real here? And, and you know, the Browns played a bunch of uh, open coverage. The, the the That game was strange. There are some times where a, a pass rush unit will just they'll just dominate a game. They just play harder than the offensive line. And that's one of, them. I don't think the Browns have this seller pass rush unit. they didn't even have Clowney in this first matchup uh, to, to have a better uh, option opposite of miles, but they had Joe Burrow under duress for most of the game. Right. And like, they didn't seem to want to run the football. And this is what the Browns have been wanting from everybody. Right. They, they want to encourage Joe Burrow not to be throwing. Right. They want to encourage, uh, Josh Allen to not be throwing these big name guys, hey, run it, but they can't have the historically worst run defense uh, in the NFL, right? They can't do that, but uh, they they the you could see where the path makes sense where you would say I'd rather Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon run. I wonder how committed Cincy will be to running it because I feel like the Browns will uh continue to do what they did in the first matchup, which is play, you know, heavy doses of too high, cover two, cover four, sprinkle in some cover six, and then in Uh, situations where they want to get after the quarterback or be different unique up front they'll run some cover three and then uh, they ran some a decent amount of cover one in the first matchup Jamar Chase presents some different looks here but do you think they should continue to do that to discourage the Bengals from throwing it and really force them to have to run it or should the Browns be doing everything they can because the run defense is so bad that they need to keep people away from running it I'm curious where you're at on on this, uh, the run dilemma that they're in because they're just not respectable enough against it.
1: Well, I mean, that's, those are all great points, but I think still against uh, the Bengals, you're in a worse spot by, um, you know, tempting them to pass the ball. And um, I got to say, I just, I don't really know what the formula is um, that the Browns keep dialing up to win these matchups because um, doesn't make sense. You know, the, the Baker Mayfield probably had the easily the best game of his uh, season last year against them uh, to win that. Uh, the Browns had their best game of the season this year. I think that's almost without question uh, when they won in week eight. Um, and it's not always the same formula, uh, but for whatever reason, they seem to have their number. I wouldn't count on it, but I wish I could explain it better. I, I don't really understand exactly why um, the Bengals have such a tough, uh, you know, um, a tough matchup against the Browns, and yet can go take it to the Chiefs like they did last week. And maybe, maybe we'll all be saying, "Okay, you know, that's all over uh, next week." But until it happens, I gotta assume that uh, status quo.
0: It seems like the personnel, the type of coverage you can play against these guys, and force some different things, and really just. Sometimes there are teams who are just thinking they're better than the current team in front of them. And you get some of that from Cincy where it does feel like, ah, we don't need to show up for this sort of vibe sometimes, which I don't think is at all right from them. But that is a vibe that I, uh, I do notice from time to time. We'll see if that continues. I do think the Browns are going to have to play the scoreboard game. They're going to have to get out early. Uh, They're going to have to, to make Cincinnati, Feel like they're they're one dimensional, and when the Browns have gotten them to a one dimensional type of offense, that's when over the years they've been pretty good at figuring out a way to stop them. So we'll see if that is able to be manipulated, right, in any way, shape, or form. Because I think, like I said, if if the Bengals have been pretty good when their run pass balance has been strong and they're running from the gun and P Ryan's punishing defensive backs, and that's what you want to avoid. So you cannot. In my opinion, they they just cannot fall behind in this one at all. So we'll see what shakes out. should be interesting. I I think on the offensive side, there's enough talent from the Browns to be able to find ways to put points on the board. But the rush efficiency has been broken since the bye week, and they got to fix it. It's got to start here. I know DJ Reader's back, and that is certainly going to present a unique challenge. But I do think the Browns can put points on the board against these guys because, especially in my opinion, especially because – there are ways to uh, manipulate some of the DBs that that Cincinnati has in the Browns' wide receivers, like Donovan Peoples Jones, just seems to always play well against them. Uh, but but at least uh, in my opinion, ways to make this happen. I think that we shouldn't be super concerned about the Browns' offense. But the Bengals have been playing pretty good brand of football on defense too. Are you how, how are you feeling about what the Browns are going to do or or take into into this one? I'm interested to see how we
1: deal with. Reader in the middle. That's a big, big deal, and I think you'll find out early uh, what that looks like. Um, Outside of that, I mean, how can we know when we're not sure with, you know, what kind of Watson we're going to have here? But, um, you know, if he puts things together, then I don't see any reason we couldn't put up plenty of points against these guys unless Reader just collapses our center and, you know, our guards ain't able to make up for the difference in that.
0: Yeah, it does feel like it's predicated on being able to run. I mean, you can run a lot of RPOs, and I think they will run a lot of RPOs and try to sprinkle the stuff we saw last week. But the Browns are their best version, especially in Kevin's offense, when they can find ways to run the football and keep the efficiency high. So that will be worth paying attention to early in the game. Not maybe breaking one run, but can they have a consistent four to eight-yard chunk uh, sort of thing here to, to keep Cincinnati out of Crashing downhill, playing aggressive second, third level football and giving the Browns fits that we've seen since the bye week that have caused struggle. So that is uh, where our focus will be. We'll have a Cincinnati guest on tomorrow to talk a little bit more in depth about where they are, the changes that have been going on there and how they're feeling coming out of that huge Cincinnati win and how they're feeling with the pressure against the Browns. So we'll check in with James Rapine tomorrow uh, for your Saturday episode. Check that out. John, this is always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Listen, best of luck if things pop out over the weekend. Best of luck, man. We're all pulling for you, dude.
1: Appreciate it, Jake. We'll see how it goes. Glad to be here today. And uh, I think I probably will need that break next week. So my guess is I'm back for next uh, Thursday. Is,
0: look at this guy. Look at this guy. We'll, we'll expect him here uh, until he can't be here. But, but we'll see if he's actually able to get away. The leash will be tight, as they say. Anyway, we're going to check in uh, with John when he's available. We'll do that as often as we can. Always love having him on the show. Appreciate you guys stopping by. A lot of you shared your um abundance of love, downloads listens and minutes and all that stuff with me uh over the last 24 hours and then i appreciate that if you're if you're a listener i'm trying to put together something on this so if you're a listener of the show uh or, you know and you have a spotify account and they track your you know your overall uh, minutes listened and shows downloaded and all that stuff so share it with me i would really appreciate that uh, and like i said that's the stuff that keeps me going on a daily podcast when sometimes it feels like i'm just talking to myself Uh, So often on these shows. So I I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for stopping by all week. Uh, We should have a fun weekend ahead. So continue to check out those pods that typically are coming out on your Saturday, Sunday. Stop by the OBR film breakdown um, and check out the Jalen Darden piece that I put up just just uh, just yesterday as covers kind of everything I think about him, his role in the offense and where I think he can help the Browns. And then um, also continue to check out all the other fantastic content on the OBR website. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great Friday. Go Browns!
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?